by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Early on in life, I grew up in a little town called Shaw, Mississippi. It's in the middle of a cotton field on the 61 highway. My grandfather lived down there and had a farm. And I remember when I was younger, he bought him a brand-new F-150 Ford pickup truck. He was all excited about it. He took me and my little brother riding in it. And my little brother, I guess he was five or six at the time. I would have been about 12, I guess. And so he, we drove around highfalutin, you know, in that new truck. And then, then he drove back by the barn where he had a gas tank where he filled up his tractors and stuff. And he pumped some gas in his truck, filled it up, then drove it back around front. <clears throat> couple days later. Do y'all know how boring it is to live in a cotton field? (laughs) I mean, you just begin to look for things to do, (laughs) you know. And my little brother, being five or six years old, you know, I guess uh, he wanted to help. So he was going to fill Papa's brand new truck up for him. But the problem was the truck was in the front of the house and the barn and the gas pump was behind the barn. And it wouldn't reach. (laughs) So what did he do? He went and got a water hose. And he stuck that water hose in that brand new Ford F-150 and turned it all the way up. And when Papa all come outside, water and gas was just pouring out of his new truck. (laughs) Can you say fill her up? That's the title of today's message, fill her up. Can you cut me down just a little? I'm scaring myself. Say fill her up. But look, if you put the wrong propellant in there and fill her up, you're not going to have the, the motor to get where you really want to get, are you? you got to fill her up with the right thing. And what have we been talking about lately? Joy. I mean, last week down at the lake, didn't we have a good time? We had a great time. And uh, I talked about Nehemiah rebuilding the wall and how it was a laborious, intense process. They had to, you know, trial in one hand and fight with a sword in the other, opposition, all the things that we've been facing. But they were able to build the wall, but, but Nehemiah took, uh, he looked at the flocks and said, man, they're wore out. They're tired. And that's what God is doing for us as a Passion Church. He saw us and he says, you guys have endured. You're the ones who made it through. You're the ones that are still coming, still plowing. You're the ones building the walls of the kingdom. But I see that you're tired. So he told Nehemiah to read them the word. And so they read the word of God and it replenished their souls. But but they read it through eyes of judgment. And they saw all the things that they hadn't done and they felt so bad. They were sad when they read the word of God. But Nehemiah and Ezra, the priest, they said, no, read it through the eyes of grace. And then you'll be glad, not sad. And isn't that what Pastor Vickers preached to us a couple weeks ago? The grace of God. See, God is doing all these things. He's leading us somewhere. You don't want to miss a Sunday around here because God's trying to tell you something. So they got happy, and then what did they do? They went camping. 
They found the part about the festival of the shelters, and they went and built them tents, and they camped and had a good time like we did last week. We're just doing scriptural stuff. <laughs> Camping is a good thing. But he, uh, that's when he said in Nehemiah 8.10 that the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's your propellant. It's what you need to fill your gas tank with. From the moment of your salvation through the process of uh, getting to heaven is called sanctification, and it's powered with the fuel of joy. The joy of the Lord is what you fill her up with if you want to make it till the end. So today we're going to talk about how to keep that joy stirred up, how to fill her up, how to keep your tank full of the joy of the Lord. I know in my New Living Translation right here, the word joy is mentioned 333 times. It must be important. I looked through them and I couldn't believe all the things about the Lord that caused joy. And we're going to talk about them, some of the main things that I saw. Of course, it's just a, a small snippet of, of what the joy of the Lord is. But we're going to talk about 15 things overall. But today we're only going to get to five. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> But we're going to do it again next week. Today we're going to talk mostly about uh, natural stuff, natural things that we can do to facilitate and stir up joy and keep us living in the joy of the Lord. Next week we'll get to more of the spiritual things. But I saw a good uh, definition of joy. You say, well, what is this stuff that's so important? Avery R. Miller says, Biblical joy is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than who we are or what is happening around us. You see, so many of us, we think about, well, I can only have joy if I'm doing good. We think about who we are. Well, that's a roller coaster ride. <laughs> or our situations, right? We talk about how happiness or fun, even fun that we've been talking about, that's dependent on conditions. I can have fun if the waves ain't too high and I can get some fishing in, Right? I can, I can have happiness if they treat me right. But joy is not dependent on those things. Joy is dependent on somebody who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. It's dependent on who Jesus is. And so joy is always there. Now, do we always walk in it? Do we always stir it up? Do we always dig deep and bring it out? Absolutely not, but that's what we're going to talk about today. 2 Corinthians 6.10 says our hearts ache, but we always have joy. Oh yeah, our hearts ache because we're living in a broken, fallen world. People are dying. Things are falling apart. Like uh, Bill said, there's plenty of reasons that our hearts are aching, but we can have joy in the midst of it. We always have joy. Galatians 5.22 tells us that, that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So if you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to have the joy of the Lord. What happens is, is we, we go back to walking in the flesh as mere mortals. When we have the, the Spirit of God on the inside of us, we are to walk over there. Do you want joy? Or do you want sadness, gloom, despair, and agony on me? Right? Well, that's a song that'll stick in your head. Let's turn to Isaiah 12, verse 3. 
I know it's on the screen, but it's good practice for us to get our Bibles out every now and then and actually turn there. It says in verse 3, with joy you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. Now listen, when you got saved, it wasn't just a ticket to heaven and that's it. It's a whole package. It's a deep, deep well of blessing. Everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness, everything that you need to make your life full of joy, live a life of abundance that Jesus wants you to live, is in this well of salvation. But how do you draw it out? How do you prime the pump? It says, with joy you will drink deeply from the well of salvation. What if you don't have joy? Seems like to me you might be missing out on everything that God wants for you in your life. If you let the devil keep you sad all the time, you will never walk in the things of God. If you base your life based on what you see on the news, good luck. Seriously. We have to do things differently than the world. We have to see things differently. Prime that pump. Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4, 4, always be full of the joy of the Lord. And he says, I say it again, rejoice. Remember we talked about rejoice? Re means to do again. To rejoice. We got to constantly rejoice. Isn't there a dance that we can do like that? We could go, woohoo! I mean, seriously. We got to rejoice. We got to make it our object in life to be full of joy. And we're going to talk about those things that's going to help us with it. How do we fill our tanks? Say, fill her up. Are you ready to be filled up today? Well, the first two, you know, I've been talking about them a lot lately. Not going to spend a lot of time, but the first one is have fun. The first one is have fun. Fun is our barometer of whether we're full of joy or not, because it is a byproduct of joy. Joy will produce fun. And if you look at your different areas of your life, I'm not having fun at work. I'm not having fun at home. I'm not having fun with my friends. Then you're doing it wrong. And the things that we're going to talk about today, you need to write them down, and you need to say, I need to find fun in every area of my life, because that lets me know that the joy is working. So what are you not having fun at? And listen to the things I'm saying today and say, I need to work on that area. This is a practical teaching on how to have joy. And fun is lets you know if you're having joy. Number two, we've talked about this a lot lately, rest. You need rest in your life. Some of you are still tired from yesterday's tired. And you're borrowing on tomorrow's tired. Some of you are, are just, you know, whew. Some of you must have dreamed that you were a muffler because you woke up exhausted. 
That's bad when you wake up exhausted. But that is society today. And we have to take ownership of our lives, don't we? I keep telling you that you can't, you, you can't say, here, boss, here's my life. I know you'll treat me fair. You're going to have to make the decisions about the hours that you spend and what you do. Psalms 127.2 says, it is useless for you to work so hard. That's not a bad thing to work hard. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Work is a good thing, but it's useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night. That means that's all you do is work, and it's because you're anxious. Anxiously working for food to eat. You're, you're just anxious and worried, and it's driving you. And God says that's useless. He says, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Once again, I thought the person taking up the offering was going to preach my message. Bill was talking about how he feeds the birds of the air. You know, they're not saving up food and, and worrying anxiously. And the flowers of the field don't toil and spin and worrying if they're going to be clothed. They trust the Lord. I don't care what the economy says. I know what the Bible says. And I know in whom I have believed, and he has never failed me. And I believe if we, by faith in his character, will begin to live our lives according to peace and faith and joy and cut out this anxious worry and all these negative things that the devil's trying to get, we will begin to build that joy, but also we will begin to build our faith because we will see that he will take care of us. We don't have to anxiously toil from early in the morning till late at night. We can live lives that are balanced. Balanced lives. And when we do, the world is going to say, how are you maintaining that? How are you doing that? Because I'm telling you right now, there's very few people living a balanced and joyful life. But God wants you to. I truly believe that. That's why I'm preaching this. I truly believe God is trying to speak to you, this church, because he loves you and he doesn't want to see you worn out and raggedy. You know, worn out and raggedy pushes the joy deeper down into the well. Harder to draw out. Hmm. You know, it, even God needed to recharge his batteries on the seventh day. He commanded a Sabbath. And so we need to take a rest. You know what? If I was to tell you to take a vacation, many of you look at me and say, I can't take no vacation. My boss wouldn't allow it. I don't have any time left, you know. I don't, I've already used my sick days being sick. I don't have any time. I don't have the finances, the resources. Okay, so at least start to plan a vacation. At least put something out there on your calendar to work towards, okay? And believe God for a vacation. Okay, you need it. 
I know I do. We all need a break. Whew. I know I printed out a later version of this message. Okay, so what do we got? The first one was have fun. Second one is get some rest. The third one, these are natural things that we can do. Have quiet time. Let your soul be refreshed every now and then. Even a computer needs to reboot every now and then, right? You ever leave a computer on for a long time? I don't know what little bugs is going through that thing while I'm, not, while I'm sleeping. But I wake up the next morning, it takes 45 seconds to click on a Word document. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what's it doing? And you look behind the scenes and all these programs is running. You don't even know how they got to running. But that's the way your brain is. Your brain is running all over the place. And you got to reboot. You got to have some quiet time. And that goes with, you know, not being busy and taking a vacation too. But some of us think that, oh, I get off work, working 12 hours a day. I'm going to sit and relax. And I'm going to swipe. And I'm going to click. And I'm going to scroll. And that's your rest. That's what you call your rest every day. You're just putting more programs going through your brain. You're not resting your brain at all. You're having the opposite effect. These little things that we hold in our pocket and carry most often in our hand are zombie makers. Hello? They are zombie makers. And you will not live the life Christ called you to live on that thing all the time. In fact, you're going to have to give an answer one day when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ and say, why did you live your life looking at other people's lives instead of living your own? Really? You're just clouding your brain space. It's a time killer and a joy stealer. Turn it off. Listen for a still, small voice. Go for a walk. Enjoy nature for a moment. Go somewhere. Leave all the screens behind, even if you have to lock yourself in the bathroom, moms, to get away from the kids for a minute. And listen. Take a deep breath. Relax. And when you hear that still, small voice, say, fill her up. Fill her up, God. Fill her up with you. Get rid of all that stuff. You know, I, I grew up down there in Shaw, Mississippi. In my first eight years or six years of my life, I was the only child living in the cotton field. I mean, we had a little house, but it was in a cotton field. I had a few toys to play with, and that was about it. We didn't have phones and all that stuff back in them days. And I remember one of my earliest memories is walking out into that freshly plowed cotton field and just sitting down. I remember being a little kid looking around. Nothing to do. And I saw a dirt clod. And I thought to myself, I wonder what that would taste like. It didn't taste good. 
But that's how boring life was not long ago. You had plenty of quiet time. And I have seen both worlds. I have seen the world that we live in now, and I have seen that. And I would rather lean towards that. I'd rather eat dirt clods than spend my life with a zombie maker in my hand. Now, I'm the world's worst about looking at it, too. So I'm preaching to myself. We have to fight against the devil's plan for our life. You have to recognize what God's will is. When Moses brought the Egyptians out of slavery in Egypt, they hadn't gone far when they found themselves with their back up against the Red Sea and the Egyptian army bearing down on them, wanting to kill them. Between a rock and a hard place, I guess, sort of like we feel today. And what did they do? They, they started, oh, no, you brought us out here to kill us. They began to complain. They began to cry and weep and and. Their reaction was natural. But Moses said this in Exodus 14, 14. He said, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. One translation says, just be quiet. We have to learn. If we ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing. Until you can hear that still small voice and say, what God wants you to say. Seriously, there's no room to operate, for joy to operate in a distracted and a cluttered soul. Learn to be quiet. Stand up on the front of your boat. Say, peace, be still. <laughs> My papa, he... And my Mimi, they used to play cards every Friday and Saturday night. They'd have all the brothers and sisters, the aunts and my aunts and uncles. And I loved it because they would bring my cousins, and we'd all play hide-and-seek out on the farm and stuff. That was, I waited all week for that, you know, Friday and Saturday nights. But they'd be in there playing the boo-ray. Y'all know what that is, a card game? They'd be throwing the quarters in, you know. They'd be playing for money, and some of them be drinking. And, but they was, they was having a good old time. That's what they did for fun, you know, Friday and Saturday nights. Somewhere along the weekend, usually about Saturday night, somebody would be drinking a little too much, and they'd get into it, you know. My Uncle Bud and Aunt Sharon usually or something, you know. They'd be going at each other, you know. And somewhere along the way, Papa hit that line where he just wasn't going to take it anymore. My Papa had a line, you know. You didn't want to cross that line. Papa would stand up, he said, that's it. Hit the road, all of y'all. Everybody, hit the road. And my Mimi would be, come on, Papa, don't be so mean. He's, you too, Mary, hit the road. <laughs> He'd tell his own wife to hit the road. It doesn't, doesn't matter. When he got to that place, he recognized he wasn't putting up with no more clutter and, and clamor. He said, hit the road. And we need to tell, we need to stand up on the front of our boat and say, you peace stillers, you hit the road. You got to know. When to clean house, <laughs> I guess. All right, so fun, rest, quiet time. The fourth thing is to live healthily. Is that a word? Healthily. Yeah, that's what I said, healthy. <laughs> to treat your body right. 
Your body is part of the equation. I know we like to call it the flesh and, and you know, discount it like we don't have to take care of it, but we are the temple of the living God, and he who defiles the temple of the Lord is messing up. We need to take care of our body. It's not easy to have joy if you're hurting all the time, is it? 3 John 1, 2 says, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are in spirit. He equates the two. You need to be healthy in body as you are in spirit. I wrote this. A healthy body does for joy what joy does for making a healthy body. They work together. What do you mean? Proverbs 17, 22 and Amplified says a happy heart is a good medicine. You got joy, it's going to be healthy for your body. A, a happy heart is a good medicine and a joyful mind causes healing. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. So, take care of your body. Watch out what you put into it. We used to have old raggedy basketball go down at my papa's house. It was about eight foot high, and me and my brother would slam on it all the time. The rim was sitting about like that, you know, from all hanging on it. We had taped it up so it wouldn't hurt our hands when we slammed. I don't know how it was still sitting there, but we'd play basketball all day long sometime. It's better than eating dirt clots. But, you know, sometime we'd come out there and the basketball would be half flat, and we'd bring it to Papa. Papa, put some ball, air in the ball. He'd go back over here to an air tank thing, and he'd, he'd blow it up. Man, it'd be, boing! I mean, that thing would be bouncing, man. But I never understood why, when he filled it up, that it made this noise. It says, doing, 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 every time you would dribble it. It wasn't until I was older I realized he was filling it up with propane. <laughs> Seriously. He would fill it up with propane. And it's just a matter of time. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. You keep filling your body up and dribbling your body with the wrong substance in it, then it's going to blow up your face. And it ain't going to do much for your joy. Is there anybody in here, don't raise your hand, but you suffer chronic pain, you got things going on in your body? Sometimes it's hard to have joy in it. I pray for people that, I, that are in pain. Man, I hate to be in pain. It's almost like I wish we had a switch that could cut off all the pain sensors in your body. Okay, I know it's, it's something wrong, but let's just cut that off and I'll deal with it, you know. But I got another, just a, this, in, this in part of the message, this is just for free. But by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes, we were healed. And by faith, you activate those promises. And with joy, you begin to prime that pump and bring out those promises. Believe God for your healing as well. We look to him for every area of our life. That's where joy is. All right, then the fifth thing is uh, celebrate together. Togetherness. That's, that's why God gave us a church. I'm firmly convinced. It's to keep each other joyful. This is the filling station. This is where you come on Sundays and you get filled up. 
Of course, you need to fill up every day, but I'm talking about this is, this is where you get the big filling once a week. And then, of course, you got life groups during, during the week. You know, Nehemiah was building that wall, and he said, man, we need the joy. We need, we need the joy. And so, uh, Nehemiah 12, 43 tells about Nehemiah setting a celebration to have a celebration to celebrate building the wall. He said, we're going to get together and we're going to look back at all what God has done and we're just going to celebrate. Celebrations and life groups and, and church at the park and all these things that we do, don't just dismiss them as that's not something I want to come to. I only go to get the word on Sunday. Our fellowship and our celebrating together. Don't come after this praise and worship saying, I, I just come for the word. Well, that's awful selfish of you because that's saying I don't want to give to God. I don't want to give him praise and worship him, but I just want to get from him. It's a, it's a uh, live a life of celebration. Stir yourself up in the things that God has done for you. And that's where the joy is found. It's like what, why we get together for church every Sunday. Nehemiah 12.43 says it, he said this, Many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day. They had a big celebration. And they gave sacrifices. What were the sacrifices? Maybe they sacrificed animals. Maybe they brought, you know, uh, grain offerings. Whatever. They brought to the house of God. Maybe they brought their sacrifices of praise. They sacrificed their time. They came. For God had given the people cause for great joy. And we have great cause for great joy. If we really think about what God has done for us, we have great cause for great joy. The women and the children also participated hey, in the celebration. And the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard far away. So when I get you to shout, I want you to shout. You know, I get here about 7, 30, 8 in the morning on Sunday mornings, and that church across the way over there in the old Harley building, they're just going at it. I mean, I can hear their, their bass and guitars and stuff. I can just hear it like I'm almost there. They're jamming over there. And I often think, Lord, please let us be heard. Let them hear us when we're over here celebrating. Let, us, let them hear us when we're over here shouting for joy because we have great cause for celebration. We're worshiping the same God that they are. And I'd like to think that we're a, a shouting church, that we're an appreciative church, that we celebrate together with great joy because we've done a lot of work. We've done a lot of great things together. And yes, we're weary. But this is a new day. This is a new day. And things are about to turn around for us. So those are the five major things. Passion Church is always going to be a, a joy station. A place where you come in and say, God, fill her up. Fill me up, God. We'll close with a couple of scriptures. Psalms 27, 6 says, Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. 
At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. There, Harley Bearded, can you hear us? Fill her up. Sometimes I'd like to preach this message first and then have praise and worship. Because it's like we, we, we're halfway through praise and worship before we stop yawning. Oh, I'm sorry I caught you in mid-yawn there. <laughs> Psalms 145, 15 says, Yes, joyful are those who live like this. Live like what? Joy That, that live with a celebration in your heart. Joyful indeed are those whose God is the Lord. Say, fill her up. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, man, I'm telling you, this will be the best day of your life if you make a, a, just a decision to follow him and to let him have his way in your life. That sin debt can be gone, erased by the work he did on Calvary, by the blood he shed for you. He gave it all for you. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's no joy in there yet. You're looking to the world for happiness, momentary glimpses of relief. But Jesus is saying, no, no, come on to me, and I'll give you rest, and we'll live a life just out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's what Jesus wants for you. He wants you priming that pump every morning and tasting that sweet everlasting water. Just give your heart to Jesus. You know, you've always known you should. I don't know, maybe there's people today that have no, they don't even know who Jesus is. But I would speak to you on the internet today. Jesus is God. He is your creator. He is your sustainer. He is the one that's full of grace and mercy and forgiveness. He is the joy of the world. And if you'll give your life to him, I'm not promising it won't be hard and your heart won't ache, but I'll say you'll have, you can have joy in the midst of it. And you will overcome in this life and you will have a home in heaven and you will belong to the family of God and you'll be able to celebrate with other believers every Sunday and live life in community and fellowship one with another it's what this is about strong marriages raising your kids with strong biblical world values morals you see what the world is doing to our children you don't want that come to Jesus and let him show you because he is the way the truth he is the life. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, maybe somebody in here today, say, Jesus, I turn from my sins. I don't want to live like that anymore. I recognize that I need you. I believe that you died on my cross and that you'll raise me from the dead. 
on this dead life that I've been living. I want to follow you. Be my Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Help my life have joy, meaning, purpose, and an expected end. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.